Hi and welcome to the IT Insider Podcast, the podcast to help the IT professionals and enthusiasts better understand the fast-paced world of technology. We hope you'll enjoy this IT Insider production. Hello and welcome to a very first for the IT Insider, which is our inaugural, that's the right way to put it, podcast. And as those regular visitors to the website will be able to testify, the main reason that we have the IT Insider is to put out there some of the trends and futures and some of the current pain points that um, people might be facing as far as leveraging technology within their businesses. And we cover quite a few subjects uh, across the website, from uh, analytics to commerce to cloud, uh, security and cognitive. And uh, what we've what we've done today is we have invited a, uh, a friend of IT Insider, um, an IBM business partner, uh, Prolifix, uh, along today to, to talk about um, everything and anything related to the whole world of cloud. And when we say cloud, we're going to focus specifically on how how businesses face the challenge and can implement a successful hybrid cloud strategy and, and leverage the best of both worlds, of uh, the investment and the technology and solutions and services they have on-premise with, within their businesses, but also exploit the advantages that cloud uh, can, can bring to them today. So joining me on this very first show, we have, and we'll run around, I'll let everybody introduce themselves. Our first guest is, to my right. Hello, so I am Matt Dedman from Arrow ECS, uh, and I'm looking after the hybrid cloud portfolio here, so happy to be uh, part of this first podcast, so thank you, Richard. Welcome along. And our, our guest, the main reason we are here... Hi, Richard. It's Mike Owen Lloyd. I'm the UK CEO of Prolifix. So Prolifix is a global technology solutions provider, a large company in the US, and we're also in Germany and the UK, and we're supported by 700 people in India. So we're a, a global technology solutions provider, which is backed up by an ability to deliver through uh, offshore resources as well. That's a fantastic introduction, far better than mine. <laughs> um, so, so, Mike, I think, you know, with that introduction, you've, you've very succinctly got to the point of, you know, let's be fair, you, know, you guys with, with your, your global reach and span uh, and obviously the areas that, um, that are your, your sweet points, your, your specialties, I think you can talk from a level of, of experience and confidence from you know, what we'd like to cover today. So, yeah, um, I think if if we look back over maybe the last two, three, four years, we've seen this whole sort of um, groundswell and, uh, and a massive push, and whether it be real or not, but certainly in the media with regards to pushing the you know the, the next best thing forward being um, being the cloud. So. So really, uh, you know, what we see from, from ven technology vendors in the marketplace is, is certainly a, a focus on a level of a hybrid cloud. So I suppose my first question to you, uh, and to you, Matt, is, you know, because you work in a hybrid cloud business unit, um, is what does hybrid cloud mean to you? Do you want to go first, Matt? Yeah, go on then. So a, a couple of things. I think traditionally uh, it meant very much a on-premise solution versus a cloud solution. 
and the hybrid element meaning a mix of the both, if you like. So mm-hmm. be it that there's a, an organization that have an element of their technology portfolio on a, a private cloud, maybe part of it's on public, or part of it is done on, on-premise itself. And I think it's that mixed match of the two, which is traditionally hybrid cloud. Uh, I think now uh, there is a move and we're almost at risk of, of organizations and certain, certain technology vendors using the term cloud in, in every instance they can, um, if you like. So I think it's, it's when we look at it that way, it's really, it, I think it means the next generation, if you like, to some extent. What are we looking at doing now? Maybe if you're doing something on paper, if you're doing things that are very much traditional method of doing it, and how are we better using te- technology and some third-party offerings to, to make that better? So, so Mike, before I ask you the same question, I think there was, there was probably a misnomer when, yeah, when we had the, the advent of cloud or, or cloud, cloud started to be marketed um, out to, to users and, and the general populace, that, that cloud would be this nirvana that would make the consumption of IT far cheaper and it would put everything in an almost on-demand economy. But... But I think from yeah, how we see hybrid cloud position today, it, it's very much more around leveraging um, agility and, and, and the benefits that, that might not necessarily be so uh, obvious today. I mean, what, what are your views on you know, what hybrid cloud means to you? And if, it, you know, if anything that I've just said there, you know, if that empathizes with, with your view of the world? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, companies are wanting to take advantage of software on a subscription basis because their time to value is uh, radically shortened. So they can get value from implementing a software solution. Take Salesforce as an example. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you were to build a CRM solution on-premise, then there's a whole load of non-functional things that you have to do to, to before you deploy that application. And then, of course, you have to build it. With Salesforce, theoretically, you can put your credit card down and you can be getting value from the software that afternoon. So that's a classic example of a cloud application that has been very successful for that company and which um, has been successful because companies are getting value very, very quickly from it. The challenge for companies is they want to integrate that with their existing systems. They don't have time to rip and replace all of their existing systems. And there's huge value in those systems. So that's where the hybrid part comes in, that you're integrating some of your existing systems uh, with cloud-based applications that give you very fast value. Mm. So, I mean, that's an interesting point. And um, I, I would encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you've, if you've not read the, uh, the accompanying blog on the IT Insider from, from Prolifics, Cloudy with a Chance, I mean, we're... We're interviewing the author today. So, uh, yeah, I would heartily recommend that you, you read up on that. And there's an interesting stat on there, Mike, which, you know, you referenced nearly 82% of enterprises will have a hybrid cloud strategy in place for 2018, so less, less than two years' time, with more than 60% of large enterprises planning to implement hybrid cloud by 2020. Do you see any particular trends as to what, type of hybrid cloud projects are being um, implemented? Is it around specific systems, CRM, ERPs? I mean, you reference Salesforce there. Or, or is there a whole swathe of areas that, that clients can, can look at leveraging yeah, some value from a, a better integrated hybrid cloud opportunity? 
I think what we're seeing is a massive continued investment in digital transformations. Yeah. But uh, digital transformation to a retail company uh, is slightly different to that for a company that sells its products business to business. Yeah. But fundamentally, it's the, it's the same thing as you're interacting with your customers using technology. And, um, uh, and I think the... The, the, the challenge right now is that that is accelerating. So what we're seeing in our conversations with customers is we have to do this because we're losing business if we yeah. don't do it. And um, But also we have the opportunity to go to new markets and win new business if we do it and do it right. And so, you know, we've got some very recent experience of working with a, a financial services company that's, um, that's really uh, committed to this and has probably underinvested in the past in its technology um, and has started by doing integration as the, as the kind of foundation stone of its digital transformation strategy, but then very quickly gone into doing its innovation in the cloud um, to give its customers a new digital experience. But then, you know, it's funny that there's almost like a... Um, a new lease of life for uh, for the for integration. I mean, we've been doing integration in Prolifix for ten years, <laughs> um, but the demand for it now it's more more relevant than ever yeah. because you know the cost of doing point to point integrations is so high, and the cost of doing it in the cloud is is unfeasible with all the number of digital you know applications that are being delivered. So, uh, you know, if you think about what that infrastructure is, it's, it's at the core of it, it's integration on premise, mm -hmm. um, integrated with uh, new applications which are being delivered in the cloud. And, and we'll go on, I'm sure, to talk about yeah. what IBM's stances and that and some of uh, IBM's cloud platforms uh, in a minute, I guess. And I think it goes back to what Mike was saying about time to value. I think if you look at some of the new uh, disruptive born in the cloud, as they, they like to be called organizations, the likes of Airbnb, Uber, TripAdvisor, people like that. They, they don't own tangible uh, assets as such. They are cloud organizations, and nobody knew if the likes of Uber or if Airbnb was going to work. So being able to utilize a cloud model meant they could try something, minimal low, low risk, minimal low value, but try it tomorrow. And if it doesn't work, where have they? They haven't heavily invested in something. Mm. And I and think I, that's another yeah. reason why some of these new disruptors are, are going down this route. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you you've mentioned a few organisations there, and you know what? They're they're not a hospitality or hotel business. They're not a taxi business. They're a platform that delivers a service that absolutely is specialised in a particular area, whether it be hotel bookings, whether it be getting somebody from here to be in a rideshare type environment. Um, so, so Mike, just, just back to you. So um, you, you pointed out a moment ago that, you know, from, from a prolific perspective, you know, we, we should maybe look at, at your organization not so much or not just as an integrator, but as a digital transformation organization. And you, you also referenced that um, you, you have a specialism in the IBM technology stack. Yeah. So a couple of questions there for you. you know, what, does, what does successful digital transformation look like to you? So one of the things that I think from, from my perspective would help 
the, the listenership is you know, the business outcomes. What would a typical you know, SME, small enterprise, uh, even a multinational, what would, if they're not looking at a hybrid program today or they're not looking at a, or should I say they're concerned about what a successful hybrid strategy would look like. What some of the business objectives that you see the, the C-suite yeah, absolutely identifying as being the, the positive outcomes of the type of engagements you get involved in? Yeah, I think often the use cases are very simple, um, but they're out of reach because they're trying to deliver them on existing platforms yeah. which have even maybe grown out of the COBOL world and they're not fit for purpose for, you know, for a digital transformation. So the example I gave of the financial services company, actually the, um, the simple use case of electronic signature with their customers was, um, you know, kind of the killer app, for want of a better term. Yeah. And, um, you know, their inability to deliver that um, was going to cost them business very, very quickly. I mean, it was costing them business anyway in the sense that there was kind of a leakage of business between them, you know, transacting with the customer and then the customer simply not returning the paperwork. The ability to sign wow. documents online um, was absolutely critical. Uh, payment services was absolutely critical. But I think the really, you know, if you put the kind of, you know, the, the, the specific, specific requirements of the application to one side, the real clincher was, can you deliver it in three or four months? And, you know, in the pre-cloud traditional software development lifecycle, waterfall method, you know, you would have had to probably spend the first month identifying and docu documenting the requirements. Yeah. And then there's a huge investment. People don't, perhaps they don't consider this enough in all of the non-functional requirements. And as Matt said, you know, you take some of these platforms like Uber, which have scaled very, very quickly. If you tried to deliver those, on-site, on-premise. There's been a huge investment in hardware, in yeah. software, um, and, um, you know, in, in data center space. Um, and, you know, before you even start on, on developing and delivering the application and, and delivering value. So the speed which we, you can uh, conceive and start and deliver on the cloud um, is very compelling. And of course, it also reduces the risk. Yeah. So it should stimulate entrepreneurship in the sense that companies can say, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make that investment because I believe if I do, I can accrue these benefits. And so the time to value, the cost, the risk is um, you know, significantly reduced. So I suppose yeah, one of the things that, that what I would say in response to that question, that's a, a, a brilliant answer, by the way, is a successful hybrid strategy or a successful integration of a PaaS service, SaaS service into your organization, it doesn't have to be conducted under the covers. It doesn't have to be led by one specific business unit doing something that approaches almost like a, a skunk works deployment. You shouldn't look as at your existing IT department and strategy and structure as anything to be fought against, yeah, success comes from 
bringing the stakeholders from the various areas of the business together uh, and really defining down what you want to get out of, of that. Because realistically, even though an organization like Prolifics has yeah, a, a vast resource, I, mean, I think you referenced 700 um, heads um, uh, over in India, yeah, these are projects that absolutely can be delivered within a three to four month window, depending on what they are. They do not need an army of committees and resource behind a project that's going to take one, two years to, to reach fruition. Is, is that a fair comment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I think uh, certainly for us, uh, when we engage with customers, they, they are very attracted by the fact that we can deliver these projects globally. But there's a, you know, there's a lot of companies that have global delivery. Mm. And from our perspective, the, the skill and the intellectual property just some of the accelerators we've got around delivering integration projects are, are really core to our value proposition. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got, I suppose the way I'd express it is we've got a lot of skill in the UK, but we can reduce the total cost of the project by also bringing to bear the IBM certified skills and other technology certified skills that we have from India, which is very attractive to yeah. companies that sort of want the best of both worlds. So I don't think we're a generalist by a long way. And mm. We're not that scale. Um, we're very much a specialist in the fields we, we operate, but I think that those accelerators are key for us. Mm. And it's, in, it's interesting, one of the things that Mike said earlier, that it, it, cloud models can be seen and digital transformation can be seen as minimizing risk. There's an element of it which I, I, I completely agree, but it's an element I think actually for certain people it would increase risk. If you are the the likes of some of the vendors you work with, let's say Microsoft, IBM, et cetera, et cetera, the cloud allows smaller people that don't have hundreds of thousands of pounds to have a virtual platform to develop software that can compete with the big vendors. So it's, it's almost having the economies of scale that some of the big vendors have doesn't now give them the upper hand because cloud allows people for very... Uh, very uh, cheap costs and minimal risk to start competing with them. And I think that, for some of the bigger people, could be seen as a, a risk in itself. Mm. Mm. No, I think that's a, good, that's a very good point. If you look at something like business process automation, yeah. uh, IBM has a world-class product in their Smarter Process product. But actually, you know, even as recently as two or three years ago, the entry point for that software made it probably out of reach of a lot of companies. Yeah. And the cost of deploying the infrastructure, you know, m maintaining certified staff within your organization who could develop on that platform meant that it was really, uh, perhaps I'm exaggerating to say, but only deployed by the large banks and very large companies and FTSE type companies. If you look at it now, that product and hundreds of other products are now available on the IBM's Bluemix platform on a subscription basis. So the cost of entry is radically reduced. And the financial services company I mentioned is deploying Smarter Process from IBM on a subscription basis so that not only is it doing its digital transformation to improve its customer experience at the front end, it's actually deploying Smarter Process to tune its operational services at the back end. So theoretically, they get it right, and so far so good, 
they'll grow their business with their digital implementation on the front end. They'll actually reduce the cost of processing the, you know, the business at the back end through implementing smarter process and operational decision management. So it's uh, it's very exciting time, I think, for mid-market customers who can subscribe to some pretty fully functional software via IBM's Bluemix platform. So I think the ironic thing is there, and, and I'm hoping that's why you've got the wry smile on your face, you, you're actually delivering these integration pro projects via, via tooling uh, and services that are actually delivered from the cloud anyway. Yes, that's right. And uh, I think, you know, IBM's made a big commitment to put its software in the cloud. Mm. Bluemix is, the, is a platform, a vehicle for that. And, you know, there's, there's a sort of, there's a path now for customers, yeah. not just into the stuff we've been talking about, but also into data analytics and into cognitive. Um, and, you know, that's all going to be available on a subscription basis. So it's it, it certainly opened up that vendor, you know, yeah. our partner IBM, to a huge new community of potential users who might have been put off um, potentially, you know, in the past by the price of the software. Yeah, and I think also if you look at it from the, the consumer, the people that are, that are using these applications, they're now having a wealth of choice to go from because there are new disruptive companies. We've mentioned a couple, but also uh, Mondo, Metro Bank, some of these organizations who are able to come and quite quickly disrupt the industry yeah. because of the reduced overheads, et cetera, they need and the ability to try something fast. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that really is, is, is beneficial to all parties, apart from the large, established, non-agile, if that's a term, banks who just sit there quite complacently and are waiting for the next customer to walk through their door. Well, you often hear this analogy of a, an oil tanker and a speedboat trying to change direction. Uh, and I think you, know, you automatically assume that you know, the, the SMEs, the the market space, you know, the smaller organizations of the speedboats and these large enterprises uh, are, are very much the, the oil tankers and take longer to, to make their minds up and, and uh, execute on a strategy. But, but I think from one of the things that I'm picking up has been you know, a, a common theme over the last 20 minutes or so. It's been you know, by, by beginning to understand our hybrid model can impact your business today you you enable not just the, not that sort of we'll we'll do it on the quiet or we'll let a business unit over here whether it be operations accounts sales marketing yeah plow their own furrow as far as adoption of a SaaS or a pass platform goes and it will never yeah we'll, we'll live with the fact that it'll never integrate within in our system what you're saying is actually if done correctly and, and executed as part of a, yeah, a, a robust digital transformation strategy, you, you do foster that creativity and that, that entrepreneurship within your business. And, and done rightly, you will realize benefits relatively, yeah, relatively quickly because, again, you know, by using the cloud, we bring down the, the time it takes to, to see that return. Now... Just to bring you back to um, you know, when we said what, what a successful project looks like and, and, and looks and feels like, before that, they com there comes a, a step of discovery. And, and Mike, I mean, I, I, I believe 
prolifics. You know, you guys have uh, have some some tools and some um, some workshops that that you have available that you can run as far as you know beginning that discovery piece goes. The the cloud readiness assessments. Yes, that's right. We uh, we help customers by doing a cloud readiness assessment, and um, you know that that's really a way of us engaging and understanding what they're trying to do. Um, and uh, and helping them shape what a relevant strategy would be for their business in terms of IT strategy. I mean, what we see repeatedly, and there's very, very common themes, is that CIO has their best people and most of their financial resources tied up supporting existing systems. Yes. And at the same time, whilst they've got that situation, they've also got the business banging on the door demanding innovation. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've seen is if you can get this right, then you know what you're talking about when you talk about integration is really a set of consumable services. Consumable on-premise, but also consumable by cloud applications. Yeah. And so you know, the workshops that we run are focused on how to unlock value very, very quickly in the organization. And there are some investments you need to make in, in terms of... Um, you know, some platforms uh, to take advantage of the API economy and, and the greater digitization of services. But, um, but they're not as big as people might think. <laughs> and I think it's just helping companies deliver that value and understand the art of the possible. Yeah. Because quite often they're stuck in this kind of deadly embrace of, well, I'm almost exceeding my budgets managing these existing systems. And at the same time, I've got a business banging on my door. Where do I turn? What do I do? And, and so it's just, a, frankly, acting as a facilitator to try and unlock value in the organization and, and uh, get out of that situation and move things forward. Jeremy Carl of Disruptive Industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been absolutely fascinating over the last 20, 25 minutes or so. And, you know, as, as, as we look to wrap up this podcast, I mean, what I would... What I would ask, Matt, Mike, yeah, just just your final thoughts when it comes to, yeah, any sort of advice. Yeah, if you could advise an organisation, regardless of size or scope, yeah, embarking on yeah further discovery, trying to understand how yeah how they can make hybrid cloud work for them, how they can make yeah a maybe a set of disparate systems come together together and deliver yeah more value and be a disruptor rather than be disruptive. You know, what, what would your takeaway be from, from this conversation? So my, I guess, final view, and it's something I try and do myself, is say, how can we be the next Uber, Airbnb? And there are two ways to look at it. One is because if I came up with the idea myself, I'd uh, try and do it. But <laughs> secondly, in an organisation, there'll be small incremental things you can do which will allow you to become that more competitive, agile, disruptive. And it may be a small, very small thing that you go from a on-premise to a cloud email client. It may be something very small to that, but one thing at a time will encourage you to become a, a more s- uh, able to change and adapt with what both your customers and, and clients are trying to do for you. So that would be my, my view. Brilliant. And Mike, yourself? Yeah, and no, I think, um, you know, we see, we work with lots of CIOs and the successful ones are very engaged with the business. They understand their business very well. They made an effort to understand it. And um, 
they're adding value and they're earning themselves a seat at a very, very senior level in the organization as a result. So I, I think it's, um, you know, pro probably a message to all of us is get out more. Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, dangerous to be inward looking. And, uh, you know, there are huge opportunities out there in, in businesses and, and value to be unlocked. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us on this, um, this first, this inaugural IT Insider podcast. And thank you all for listening. And if anybody has any questions or queries, um, if this has sparked any thoughts um, of potential projects or you just want to reach out to us for some more information, either from IT Insider or from our good friends over at Prolifix, please do drop us a note, reach out to us via the website, and uh, thank you very much for listening. So, Mike, Matt, thanks for joining us, thank you. and uh, yeah, we hope to see you all again soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe and visit us at theitinsider.co.uk.